Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Why don't you open your Bible, if you have one, to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to find ourselves uh, looking at the unexpected nature of Christmas. If we haven't met yet, my name's Jose, and if you're here uh, visiting family or friends, welcome. Glad that you came to worship with us. And today we want to um, step into the unexpected. So Advent, which marks today through the coming of Jesus that we celebrate on Christmas Eve, is a season where in churches all around the world, we spend four weeks where we begin to think about not just what happened, but what's happening. Advent is not just a reminder of Jesus' arrival 2,000 plus years ago, but it's actually the awakened expectation. If Jesus came, and he did, and he accomplished our salvation through his death and resurrection, and he did, and he ascended, and he promised to return, how can we prepare our hearts as we await for the king to come and make the world anew? So the challenge with it, though, let's be honest, is we get into the ruts. We, we immediately go from turkey in mouth and phone in hand. I got Black Friday-like specials months before Black Friday. And it was hysterical, Sunday, uh, Saturday morning, to wake up to Cyber Monday deals on Saturday. You know, it's like, we just get into the season of parties and gifts and moments and experiences, and it's easy in the busyness for all of us to miss the thing that God wants to produce in you this year, and often it's unexpected. So here's the plan. We're going to talk for a little bit collectively, but then we're going to move and we're going to give you space right here in this gathering to meet with God, to meet with him, not through some voice from a stage, but to open your Bible and to see if God would say anything to you. And we're going to have extended time singing and worshiping, and we're going to get a little messy and pray, and, and if you're nervous, that's good, uh, because I think we can, even when we think about gathering together, get so caught up in the form, two songs, message, three songs, juice, bread, goodbye, that we can miss on the thing that God wants to do. And so let's just begin at the beginning, Luke chapter 2. I'm going to pick it up at the beginning of verse, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. It tells us is that Jesus is born. Surprise, I just blew Christmas, right? You know, okay, we know Jesus is born, great. But what happens around that time in a space outside of Bethlehem. Luke uh, 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause Great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He's the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, hey, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they 
hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them, uh, that this child and all who heard uh, it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And I want us to catch the last line. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen which were just as had been told. And again, we're going to read all of these collective stories on Christmas Eve, and it's part of our tradition. But today, I want us to think about the unexpected. There are two realities here that if we're not careful, we'll just, we'll just blow through the story and, and move on. But two things that ought to shape our response this morning. The first is profound. Number one, God loves to encounter ordinary people in ordinary places. This is the nature of Advent, that God steps in to ordinary people, to Mary, who's a no one, to Joseph, who's a no one, to Elizabeth, who's a no one. These people that now we name our kids after are no ones. And yet God chooses to speak to them in ways that alter the course of their lives. Now, when we say unexpected, we're so familiar with the story, we don't realize what we're supposed to expect. You see, in their day, there were good news announcements all of the time. Uh, Israel is under Roman authority, and when a Roman Caesar is born, when a king is born, when an important dignitary is born, there are ambassadors who go throughout the empire. This is pre-digital age. No one's watching in real time. No Insta Live, nothing like that. They send out people who are emissaries, who are ambassadors, and they go to the cities, and they go to the towns, and they go to the villages, and they read the scroll, and then it's an announcement. It's actually gospel. The word gospel, the announcement of good news, doesn't come from biblical thinking so much as it comes from the announcements that were made when Caesar was born. And so when a high royal is born, it's announced to the world by officials, by important people, by influencers, and they come with pomp and circumstance, and they talk about the coming of a savior because they believed in their day that amongst the pantheon of gods, that when a Caesar is born, when a ruler is born, he's a son of God. And so in their day, they're used to someone standing up, important person announcing important news of an important family. And, and what do you have happening here? What's the contrast that we get? What's the unexpected? Who's the people that get the news first? It's the shepherds. It's, they're the most ordinary group of people. Verse 8, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, in the fields and at work. I want to suggest something to you. The very place that we can meet with God is most often an ordinary place. Work is the place where you can meet with God. Some of you are like, you don't know where I work. You don't understand my, you don't understand my career path. You don't understand what I'm going through. And I just want to suggest the unexpected nature of Advent is that God comes and meets with real, ordinary, normal people like us. And I think in this, this is why God chooses the shepherds 
the shepherds would take turns to watch the flocks by night because other animals were prowling and other people who had evil intent would come to steal animals while no one else is looking. So they're on this rotation doing their thing in the drudge of just ordinary life. And yet the angel appears to them. Who are they? They're, the, they're about the most average people you could find. If you're thinking about those who are gonna be a part of the good news story that God's gonna use to share his news around the world, you're not thinking shepherds. As a matter of fact, shepherds were considered unclean and unfit to enter worship because of the nature of their work with animals. So they're not the people you're gonna invite on the stage to lead you in worship. They're the outsiders. Uh, They were seen as a little sketchy just because of the nature of being out there and the kind of work that they did. They were seen as unfit to give some sort of verdict or some sort of testimony at trial. Because as, as an industry and as a, as a field, as an employment, they were just not seen as people that you can rely on. And so God takes this ordinary group of people, and what do we learn? God loves to meet with ordinary people in ordinary places. So what does meeting with God look like? Well, it can be here. We've actually been praying for months uh, about today of taking time right in our gathering to give you space to meet with God. And this morning we were praying that God in his goodness would connect with you in very normal and real and regular ways. Now we we do have to admit, it's at night and an angel appears in the sky. Okay, that's pretty profound. That's pretty wow. And for most of us, it's not gonna be those moments where there's a sign in the heavens but it's no less than meeting with God. So it could be in a religious setting like this where we're gathered to worship, but what if we took this season between now and Christmas and saw our coffee table at home or wherever you sit in the morning as the place to meet with God? What if you saw your commute, whether that's by bike or by bus or driving, or some of you like the commute is from your bedroom to your second bedroom, as you, you know, whatever, what if you saw those spaces in between from your, just you time to your work time as a place to meet with God? What if you're at your desk or wherever you are working and you were open that God would meet you there in those places? What if you were, like you're at the gas station and you're trying to figure out how to pump your gas. Because in Oregon, people are learning. It's so funny to watch. I grew up in New York where, you know, you, you, you actually pumped your gas all the time. And so now it's fun to watch people going, oh, 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 what do I do? What if you saw regular moments as places to meet with God? Exercise, chill time. These are all spaces. We just want to grow in expectation. I think that's the goal this Advent season is that we would see any place, any time, and in a non-spectacular way. So we, we see here in the shepherds that God loves to encounter ordinary people in ordinary spaces. So, so you're qualified. That's, I guess, what I want to say. You, you say, well, I'm new to following Jesus. You're qualified. Well, I don't consider myself, like, mature. Great. You're qualified. Well, I'm not a leader. Great. You're qualified. What if, what if we saw meeting with God as not something a few people do in a few select places, but the normal Christian life? You see, that's The advent of Jesus and the coming of Jesus, and by the way, we're reading this uh, in retrospect. Now, 
you and I have the Holy Spirit. So, so the shepherds had an advantage. They had the angel like announcing good news. But more than this, because of the resurrection of Jesus and the sending of the Holy Spirit, now God is with us at all times in ways that he was not with them before the resurrection of Jesus. So you say, well, the shepherds had the advantage of an angel. No, I say, you and I have the advantage. We have the spirit living within. So at any point, any place, I can have a holy moment with the holy God in real time. And what if, what if we just grew in our expectation that God, what if, what if 10 minutes from now, when you open your Bible and you read the account for yourself, a line or a phrase or a thought stood out that didn't stand out before. And it became a reminder to you that God is not just out there, but God is with you and near and still speaking. Okay, so we're gonna do that. In about less than 10 minutes, we're going to make space for you to meet with God. Second thought, though, before we do that, is God wants to grow our response in worship. So this unexpected nature, you have ordinary people out doing an ordinary job in the middle of the night, and the angels announce this good news. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, quote, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on who his favor rests. So it started with an angel announcing, hey, right now in Bethlehem, God is at work. But then they get a broader glimpse and they see into what's happening now in the presence of God. As you read the Bible, especially the Revelation, you know that around his throne are beings that he's created and they never stop saying what's true. And you know what the truth is? God reigns. God is on high. God is holy. There's no one like him. He's beautiful, and he's worth our affection. He's worth our all. And, and worship is simply our human response to who God is. And when you get to know God better, you grow in your worship. And again, worship isn't just singing songs, which, which they seem to be singing a hymn here, glory to God in the highest heaven. But their posture, their physical response of the angels is they bow low in the presence of a God who's above. And, and you know what happens to the shepherds? They're stirred by the worship. So they see the angels worshiping God who is sending his son. And notice verse 15, when the angels had left and gone into heaven, uh, into heaven the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. In other words, when they hear this word that God is working, they step into it. And I think this is the challenge for us 2,000 years later. We hear all these things. You, you come and you sit and you listen to people share things that are true. You, you meet in community groups and you meet in homes and you read the Bible and you talk about what you're learning. And that's part of our worship. But I love how it pushes the shepherds beyond the comfortable because they're out there with their animals who don't belong to them most likely, but belong to their owners and so they're doing their job, but in that, they're so stirred by what they've seen and heard that they move the animals and they actually take a trek for miles to a town that wasn't on, it wasn't on their agenda. Going to Bethlehem was not their thought. 
But in light of their greater glimpse of God, they step out in faith and they begin to obey. If God is working, we want to be where God is working. If God is moving, we want to see what God is up to. And if, if the angels announce, you will find the child in Bethlehem, guess what? We need to go find the child, right? There's something, so, so worship is this window that we get into what is happening in the presence of God all the time. God is always holy, God is always worthy, and he's always worth our stopping and recognizing him for who he is, always. So work can be a place where we worship and we recognize, God, you're at work in this space. Even though it doesn't seem very holy, even though it doesn't seem like anybody cares, God, you've put me in this place and I can right here in the midst of what seems to be dark and against what you're doing, I can recognize that you're at work in the people's lives around me. And, and worship is also our obedience. So, so they move out. And the good news leads to praising God. When they hear the good news, it leads to their praising God. And the shepherds, they look and they listen and then they walk. And I, I guess, friends, that's just the nature of our invitation this season. Is to, because we're moving towards the event, right? To remember and to look ahead. We, we want to grow in our response to God in worship. That is, taking note of what he's doing and writing it down. That is, thinking about what God's doing, not just out there, but around me, and asking God, is there some part you want me to play? For the shepherds, it's to walk. And we're, and we're going to see what happens when they obey. Verse, verse 16. I'll just read it again. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and, and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, look what happens next. They spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And so, again, the contrast, the unexpected. You, you expect the officials from Caesar's household to go out with their beautiful garb and their big scroll and they capture the attention, and they herald a new child has been born. And this new Caesar is going to be a savior of the world. And the contrast here is God uses the lowly, the ordinary shepherds. They're some of the first to announce the people who are seen as unclean in a religious setting. They can't even come into the temple space to worship until they wash themselves. But no, no, they're the first ones to meet Jesus, the Savior, and they go about spreading the news. They didn't plan on it. It wasn't part of their agenda. But when we see God for who he is and we get glimpses of God, it should grow our response in worship. And again, worship is singing, yeah. But worship is acting in obedience to what we've been told, and worship is being pushed out of our natural envelope. And so the shepherds are, are, are announcing the good news. But it doesn't just impact the people around as they begin to share that the angel came to them and look at what God's doing. And here's a child, notice verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. You gotta think about her situation. When, when we worship and when we grow in recognizing God meets with Ordinary people in ordinary places right here, right now, us. And we realize that our response to getting glimpses of God 
is to step out and lean in to what he's doing. The shepherd's obedience comforts Mary, who's just given birth in a foreign town because they're from Nazareth, but they've been moving because of the census to, Jerusalem, uh, to, to Bethlehem. And so she's not even with her surroundings that are familiar. She's in a different place. She's not, she's not giving birth in the spot that you want to. You want to be in your home, but instead she's just in a, a space for animals or not even a guest house. It's the most humble of beginnings. But then God brings to her people who say, we were in the field and an angel told us where you would be. How many of you know you'd be comforted <laughs> that God is with you? When someone comes and says, hey, I was connecting with God and God guided me here and God brought me here to say these encouraging words. And so Mary is, is treasuring this in her heart. And, and let's just think about the importance of growing in worship when you and I do simple things like listen, like push out the noise and say, God, I want space to hear from you. And when you get glimpses, now again, these don't have to be dramatic. We have the Holy Spirit now living within. Uh, an angel in the heavenlies is, it sounds nice, but I have something greater. God is living within and when the Holy Spirit resonates with your soul that this is right and it's true and you do something about it and you speak and you move and you act and you do your little part as a response to what you've seen of God, which is worship, the, the people around you are impacted as well. And even Mary, the mother of Jesus, is touched by the humble obedience of a shepherd. And then ver verse 20, again, this final line. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. So Mary and Joseph are encouraged. The shepherds are encouraged. And, and, and here's the good news. They go back to work. You don't see them anymore. They go back to their ordinary lives, but they've been used by God, and they're part of the story. And this is something that I think sometimes we don't think about, that right now, as God is teaching you, growing you, showing you a bit more about who he is and what he's like, that your small acts of obedience, when you listen and put into practice the things that you're learning, when you get a thought that you can't shake and you share it with someone just because it seems to be right and true, you never know who else is going to be encouraged. You never know who else is going to be built up. And, and you never know how your little piece of the puzzle is going to fit in the big thing that God is doing. And so so meeting with God should be the most normal thing for us who follow Jesus. What if? What if we started with the little things, like carving out five to seven minutes to be still in a world that's just endlessly noisy? What if we made that just part of our the shepherds were wowed by the angels, but what if we just said, God, you're alive and you're always working, you're here and you're with me, so I'm, I wanna carve out, and whatever, this could be five minutes in the car. We, we do this as a practice. I've said it again and again, but I need to repeat it. Even as a church staff, we always want to be in spaces where we're giving room for God to speak. And so, so often, not every week when we meet on Tuesdays, but most often, we just start with, hey, take 10 to 15 minutes, 
And half of us were just in our car outside, like just from, from 9 to 9.10 or 9.15. And then we just come in and with our coffee and just around a circle, we just share what, what we read, what we thought about, what came to mind. And it's amazing how continually I'm encouraged and we're encouraged when we realize that so often on a Tuesday when none of us have said anything, that there'll be a theme, some sort of thread that just goes through what people are sharing. And it's not groupthink, it's the Spirit of God. What if we took time to stop and listen? What if God wants to continue to surprise us? You say, so you're saying if I stop, that God in his love might communicate something to me. The answer is yes. Uh, you say, well, I'm not even following Jesus yet. I think that's, that's the best place to be because you're probably more open than those of us already following Jesus because you want to know and you want to see. And I would encourage you now, whether you're following him or not, to open your mind and, and your life to receive from God. Again, not often like the angels in the sky. For us who follow Jesus, because we have the Spirit, it's so much often more subtle and yet similarly profound. So today, we just want to grow in our response. All right. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite our, our worship team to come back. And uh, here's how the rest of our gathering is going to go. I think you've heard enough to realize that God wants to meet with you. Uh, and you may find yourself to be ordinary in your own estimation, uh, new to following Jesus, or a veteran of 30 to 40 years of following Jesus. It's irrelevant. God loves us all and wants to connect with us in ways that matter. And so here's how the rest of our gathering is going to go. In a moment, uh, and let's throw the little um, slide on the screen. This could be your guide, and you don't have to do it this way, but there's some things that we can do. So when we do seek nights, and we're going to resume those starting in January, a seek night for us as a church is just a carved out hour to stop and sit and listen and share what we think God is saying. So I'm going to invite you in a moment to sit in silence and just welcome God's presence. Now, before we say go and we're going to go, I want to give you permission to not sit in your row. Because for some of us, you're like, well, there's someone like right here is just kind of weird, you know? So when we say go, uh, I'll just ask you to stay in the room. But you, could, you can go to the side walls. You can, you can come up to the side over here. You probably don't want to stand right here. That'd be very awkward. Um, but other than that, just uh, slip out of your row if you want to. You, you can kneel if you would like. Uh, you could stand if you could li like. You could stay where you're at. And then I would encourage you to begin where we started. If you have your Bible, open it to Luke chapter 2 or get it on your phone and turn off all your notifications and, and just read it slowly. With the mindset of, God, this is right and true, but is there anything you want to remind me that maybe I haven't been thinking about? And you'll be surprised how something that is right there and has been overlooked for whatever reason might pop out, so to speak, on the page. So often for me, from that, my mind goes to another Bible verse that has no connection. And I would just encourage you when, when trying to hear from God, which doesn't have to be ethereal, let your, let your mind go where it's going. So if it's to another Bible verse, open to that and read it. You don't have to read a lot, because all God's words are God-breathed, 
it's all profitable and it's all good. And so, so after that, when you go to other scriptures or whatever, here's what I encourage you to do. Open a new note on your phone or if you have a notepad, simply write down any words or phrases that come to mind. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna give you uh, 10 minutes to do this. Now, in a church gathering where there's nothing formally going on, you're gonna be tempted to think about everything other than Jesus. And that's okay, because you can fight that temptation by grounding your eyes in scripture. And if all you do is just read Luke 2, 1 through 20 for 10 minutes, this has been completely worth it, okay? We want to grow in the normalcy of hearing from God. And then I want you to write down whatever comes to mind. And uh, if something specific comes to mind that you think might be for our church, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be over at the edge of the front row over here. And so uh, if something like, man, something just is stirring in my heart, and I think it's just for more than me, I think it's for our community, I'm gonna invite you to come over and just let me know what that is. And if it's fitting, we would wanna share that with our church. This is what it means to spend time in God's presence together. And then after 10 minutes, I'm gonna end that little time together, and the rest of our time, we're gonna have extended worship where you can stay in the back, you can sit on the floor, you can stand, you can sit. We just want to enjoy God's presence. Isn't this cool? Some of you are like, no. Well, that's good too. Let God push you. If he can shock the shepherds, he can certainly awake you on a Thanksgiving weekend. So why don't you stand to your feet for a second. And then uh, I'm inviting you to stand because I have a subtle agenda. If someone wants to get out of your row and you're standing, it's just way easier, okay? And why don't you take your hands and let's just put them out. Let's just put them out as a symbol of our openness, okay? There's nothing ethereal. We're just, when our arms are closed, my posture's closed, my mind is closed. When my arms are open, I'm ready to receive. Holy Spirit of God, your children are here. And we've come this morning to worship you, King Jesus. You're the Savior of the world, and we thank you that you've come. We thank you that you've promised to come again. But now, here we are, and we are open to receive from you. Holy Spirit of God, who lives within all those here who follow Jesus, awaken our senses, we pray, to what you've said and to what you're saying and how you may be directing our lives, whether generally or hyper specifically, God, your servants are here and we're listening. So speak to us, we pray. Amen. All right, open your eyes if they're closed. If, if you want to get out of your row, I would encourage you to do it now, right? Take a moment and do that now. If you want to stay in your row, that's fine. If no one's moving around you, take the next 10 minutes. You can follow the guide on the screen. You could do your own thing. Let's just spend time in the presence of God as individuals, and then we'll do our collective thing when this time is over. For those of you watching online, I just encourage you to yeah, simply open your Bible and let God speak to you, and, and then in about 10 minutes, we'll, we'll be back, uh, and we'll, we'll sing these songs of praise together.